0: Hey what's up everybody it's the last we got this with Mark and Hal of 2016 part of me is sorry to see this year go part of me is glad to see this year go and I bet a lot of you feel the same way but 2017 is going to be an amazing year guys and I'm going to tell you why if you're in the San Francisco area that means you can come to our live show on Saturday January 14th At the San Francisco Punchline, we've got some of our thrilling adventure pals. We're going to be announcing guests very soon. But get your tickets now. That space will sell out. You can go to sfsketchfest.com to get tickets and get all the info there. And hey, now that we're still in the giving season, we'd appreciate it if you give us a gift. And that's a five-star review on iTunes. Help other people find the show. If you're new to us and you're enjoying what you're hearing so far those ratings actually help so go out there rate us leave your review tell other people what you like about the show and we'll just become a bigger and bigger family so there you go enjoy the show this is episode 96 of we got this with mark and hal hello i'm hal lublin and i'm mark gagliardi since the dawn of humanity one issue has gone unsettled with the fate of the world in the balance we're here to settle once and for all. Stay in or go out.
1: That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts
0: should have a theme song.
1: Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Mm. You know what? You're right.
0: We got this. Happy holidays, Hal. Happy holidays to you, Mark. It's great to talk to you, buddy. It's great to talk to you too. I, I, um, this is the last episode of 2016.
1: Yeah. Thank goodness. What a year. Oof. <laughs> I was recording the, it's pre-roll. been a great year for our
0: show. Yes. Yes. You no, know, it has. I, I was recording the pre-roll for the show and I, I said, you know, uh, it's been a good year in some parts, other parts. Probably we can't wait for this year to be over.
1: Man, no kidding. <laughs>
0: uh, did you have a good Christmas? I did. I did. Good. I I uh I am in Florida right now with my wife and her family, which is lovely. Fantastic. And uh we're getting ready as I'm sure you are as well to celebrate New Year's Eve. Did you have a good Christmas first of all? Uh I'm going to go ahead and say yes, assuming that no listener will ever know
1: that you and I are recording this on December 19th. No, no way. This will be our secret. Shh. Don't tell. So yeah, I had the best
0: Christmas ever. I actually caught Santa in the act. I thought you were, Uh, (laughs) when you said that, I thought, I thought of fishing. Like you dangled a cookie <laughs> on a hook. <laughs> and it was catch and release. I took it out of his mouth. Uh, he only bled a little bit and I threw him out into the snow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that next year I can catch Santa again when
1: he's a little bigger and I'm legally allowed to keep him.
0: <laughs> oh, imagine the size of that. Cool. You just put him in one of those. Well, look, if you have one of those really long freezers in your basement, it's either God oh, yeah. an animal you killed, your prepper. Or you are a murderer and there's a person in there. So I guess it would make sense to put Santa in there. For a second, I was going to be yeah. like, wouldn't that be weird? But then uh it makes sense.
1: If your family is anything like mine, Hal, I know you're in South Florida right now. If your family's anything like mine and there is one of those freezers in the garage, do not open it because there is a good chance that inside that freezer there is a dead bobcat. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am, Hal. So, uh, this is my stepmother who sends me photographs when she kills a, uh, a wild boar and field dresses it. She will document it and send me the pictures because she knows I'm horrified by it. Uh, so are you really surprised
0: that in, uh, in Northern Florida, this is what you find? Yes. It's a, it's a <laughs> freezer. It's not like, look, I don't imagine a bobcat bay like, Boy, it sure is hot here. I, I better find a place to cool down. Oh, what's that box? Let me put it open. Oh, it's colder there. I'm just going to crawl in. And while I'm in here, let me just pull this lid down to make sure that none of the cold escapes, because I'm sure I'm costing this family a ton <laughs> in their yeah. electrical energy fees. Uh Ooh, look, an ice pillow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Does it lay there like Sleeping Beauty? Like it's on its back and really uh, like it fought to get out? I have a lot of it questions. It looks, honestly, it looks like, uh, it looks
1: like someone made a sculpture of a sleeping bobcat. And then if you picked it up, it would retain its exact same shape. Oh, this is a horrifying topic.
0: It's really horrifying. And, uh, thankfully yeah. not something I will experience in, uh, here in North Florida, but, uh, no. one thing we will talk about is Ooh, celebrating on. New Year's Eve. That's oh, what we're going to talk how?
1: about. Let's go out and party.
0: Or let's stay in and have a quiet night at home and celebrate in our own way. That is the question. What is better? Mm-hmm. And this was asked by our producer, the third man, uh, on our show, Ken Plume.
1: All right, Ken. Um, this one's for you, buddy. Uh, I feel like just in the way that we, uh, in the way that we said that, yeah, uh, the way that we teed that up, we are uh, betraying our own personal proclivities. Well, is that sure, partly true? It
0: is partly true. Although once I heard you say one, I was like, "Well, s- surely to serve this episode, I must mention the other." What a clever All way right. to introduce the topic! But I, I mean, I, I <laughs> this is something I've been thinking about a lot since since it mm-hmm. sort of came across as a suggestion and. I've I'm in one of these places where I've gone out for New Year's Eve. I've stayed in for New Year's Eve. I've done a combination, which at, at some point, if you go out, you must return home, and then it's a question of when do you do it. If you want to watch the ball drop, do you do it beforehand or?
1: Yeah, isn't all of this isn't uh, the decision whether to go out or come home? Don't you always, if you choose go out, unless you're still there and you're recording this from a party that ended long ago? Yeah, you eventually do both.
0: My life is a party that ended long ago, Mark. I'm always recording this <laughs> I'm a party that ended long ago. Okay. This is not a reflection of my uh, wife. She's wonderful. It's just a personal sorry, problem I have. Then. Uh, but I, I, yeah, look, if we're saying if you go out and you come back home, that is not staying in. We're talking about the right. entire evening. I'm going to get my supplies. Uh, maybe I'll have a couple friends over and uh, I'll just host it here. I'm more comfortable. Ooh, that's, here. that's, Are we including throwing a New Year's Eve party as staying in? No. Okay. Well, I mean, look, it is staying in, but it's sort of what should you do? But it's a, it's a party. It's not, I mean, it's,
1: there's a difference between stay, when I think staying in, I think stay in, watch, uh, Anderson Cooper and Kathy Griffin or Ryan Seacrest, uh, and watch the ball drop and watch the bands play in Times Square. Uh, right. That's what I think of as stay in for New Year's.
0: Yeah. Get caught up. All of a sudden it's 1.30 in the morning. You're like, why is Jimmy Buffett performing in Brooklyn? And why am I watching it <laughs> this new year already? I sucks.
1: always love the, when they have, if we can just jump into the uh, staying at home, I sure. love it when they've got too much show. And they've got to throw to a different venue. They're like, well, we didn't have enough space on these stages or we couldn't get the turnaround to happen fast enough or we couldn't pay Smash Mouth's bill. So uh, <laughs> we're going to have them be at their home base in Vegas. I assume they're based out of Vegas. Sure. Does Guy Fieri have a casino yet? That's where they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> they're changing and, uh, the stage for eternity. And they just do like a live feed from there. Which is always sad because they always have to count down to midnight in, uh, I believe Pacific time, not mountain time. Pacific time is Las Vegas, right? So it's nine o'clock and they're yes. doing the countdown to midnight. Yes. Um, but I, I, for me, I, I do something weird because I like watching those performances and I always liked okay. watching that, that show. So I will DVR. Uh, the New Year's Rockin' Eve, and then I will go out, and then maybe the next day on New Year's Day when I'm hungover, I will sit and watch
0: the performances
1: from the night before.
0: Okay, that's that's fair. It's weird, but fair. I, I always think, <laughs> oh, like, oh, I, you know what? I really have to get this Terrence Trent Darby performance and save it for all time. <laughs> There's no way can I just let this be a flash in the pan. I've got to hold on to it forever.
1: Uh, I, how I long can't. do you leave? How long do you leave an annual event on your DVR? Your Super Bowls, your Academy Awards, um, your Macy's Thanksgiving Day parades.
0: I'd say generally, if I have not watched it in a week, it's probably mm-hmm. going away. And especially if it's like a if it's something where results are important, like you know, mm-hmm. I get, I get. Oh hey, sure, a Super Bowl.
1: I guess a Super Bowl and an Oscars are a bad example in that regard.
0: Yes, but a musical performance like that is—I could see holding on to it. If you think that there is mm-hmm. a killer performance on there, then maybe you hold on to it for oh, a sure. while, and and you can get. I will—I will keep
1: a Tonys until the next Tonys.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Because you yeah. don't care. It's not as much about who wins as it is the pageant. No, it's and about performance the performance. That's what you like,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, what? we're we're talking about staying home right now, right? We're gonna yeah. start there. Hmm. There, there is something enjoyable. Let's just talk about some of the advantages, okay? Okay. By There's the way, some- what's
1: your percentage staying home to going out?
0: You know, I want to say fifty-fifty, but it's mm-hmm. pro- probably swings a little bit more sixty-forty towards staying home. And, really? Uh, yeah. As okay. time goes by if you know what it's like to live in Los Angeles, Los Angeles is a a very compartmentalized city. It's very large. There's a lot of sprawl. So, you know, if I'm in the, in the Southwest quadrant, which I am, and I have friends who are in the Northeast Mm -hmm. quadrant, which I do, Mm -hmm. and they're having a party, then, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll go for a while, but it's, it's a hike to get back and forth. And, there's something to the the later it gets, then the more dangerous the roads become because they're a bunch of drunk people making poor decisions and thinking that they're fine to drive it's just <laughs> their their accidents then I'm not saying it's the the deciding factor of yeah. going out or staying home, but no it's I true. get it the 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 uh
1: <laughs> i i'm not saying i'm not outing myself and saying that i do this often but there have been times in the past when this has been the case i think it's funny that you fear the driving drunks and i fear the dui checkpoints
0: of course <laughs> how am i not surprised even a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> but that like there's i I'm, only because like, they take a long time yes of course oh yeah that's why And you have to get to church to volunteer. Exactly.
1: Get me to the church on time at 1 a.m. on a
0: Sunday. (laughs) And by the way, I'm going to have an entire roll of lifesavers before I get to the checkpoint. Um,
1: And a bottle of gin. Oh, dang it.
0: (laughs) Ah, man, I'd better eat this brownie.
1: (laughs) Oh, wrong brownie.
0: (laughs) Uh, One time... I went to a party where the host had made two sets mm-hmm. of cookies. She was like, uh, mm-hmm. here are the regular cookies, and these are the ones that are made with weed. Now, mm-hmm. she said this to me as a, cur- as a courtesy because she knows that I am a teetotaler in every sense of the word. So I ate the regular mm-hmm. cookies. Uh My friend – who uh I will allow to remain nameless because I don't I don't know uh, if he wants the story out I've, I have a strong feeling he wouldn't care but I'm gonna tell it anyway uh goes over and starts stuffing cookies into his mouth because he was hungry mm-hmm. sure and I look over I'm like hey uh those are the weed cookies to which he says with a mouth full of food weed cookies I thought she said wheat cookies <laughs> and <laughs> Wait, because if they have flour in them, they're all wheat cookies. Listen, do not, this is, this is the logic he had in his bed at that moment. I get it. I'm with you. But he did not want to waste the food, so he ate it. And then afterwards, oh. came over to my place and fell asleep on the couch. Of course uh, he did. So. Because he ate way too many marijuana cookies. Yes, exactly. And was not like, I don't think he would have eaten one of them if they were out. Mm-hmm. was not planning on on that being his night, so uh he got some good no that's rest. not uh, usually for a for a um
1: a big party you don't want to have a handful of those because that's going
0: to i'm gonna go ahead and guess make you a little mellow and antisocial one yeah. or two <laughs> yeah, exactly oh look it's a room full of people staring off in the middle distance. isn't this fun? <laughs> <laughs> well how far is that? About about a thousand yards? Thousand yard stair? Yeah, thousand yards. <laughs> I bet you some great ideas are gonna come out of this party. <laughs> uh but um staying home like I like what I like about staying home is when you stay home, how many people do you have? It's usually just us. Maybe just you and Jen. Maybe a couple people, maybe. Okay. It sort of depends. Like we've done it with we've had a couple people over, we've had just the two of us, and that's that's enough. Like, we enjoy just being in each other's company. We can wear our pajamas, which is – the like, look, I, I went through a period of my life – I don't know if I've discussed this on the podcast before, but if I have, I'm about to do it again. I went mm-hmm. through a period of my life where on Fridays, I would put on my pajama bottoms and a T-shirt and slippers and go to the local movie theater and watch movies all day. And I would not sneak. I would buy tickets. And I would be walking around in, like, uh, clearly their pajama bottoms. They don't even—they don't even made to look like regular. If anything, they look more like pajamas than regular pajamas. And I like—I just—I I, want to live my life in comfort, physical comfort that, that makes me happy. Do you think
1: that movie theater knew you as Shuffling Hal? <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, look, it's Friday. You know who's going to be here today? All day. We got shuffling Hal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, uh, don't oversalt his popcorn. Shuffling Hal's tears will um, do the trick. Let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Sure.
1: Because this will determine whether or not this, uh, this behavior was appropriate. Um, really? We were have to you over on. age 11?
0: I, Mark, I was in my early to mid twenties. <laughs> I was living in LA going to
1: question answer there you go
0: we're both talking like Paul F Tompkins
1: <laughs> Shout out to Paul F Tompkins yeah who was the guy that ate all those weed cookies <laughs> it had to be him
0: the unnamed friend yes the unnamed friend we will not say your name Paul we promise uh but I do like being I like being home and having that comfort there's no pressure. And I, I enjoy parties. I enjoy socializing with people. I like seeing my friends. So I don't, I don't have social anxiety, but mm-hmm. there is, uh, sometimes you just want to sit quietly. And at a party, you can do that a little bit. But if you're having an evening where you're just not feeling it. New Year's Eve is a tough evening to just sort of sit quietly, especially if you right. go to a party or go out to a public place. There's always a lot happening and people want to talk to you and you have friends you want to catch up with. So it's just not conducive uh always to relaxing. That doesn't mean you can't have a great time at a party or even a great time hanging out with a small group of friends and have that be relaxing. But I think overall, staying at home is uh, is the most relaxing of – of the two ways. Would you agree with that?
1: Um, Honestly, I don't really have a reference point for this.
0: Have you never been
1: home for New Year's Eve? As an adult, no, I have not. What What is adult for you? Is it over the age of 11? Um, oh, it, is, it is over the age of pajama bottoms at a movie theater on Fridays.
0: So you're uh, late 20s to early 30s. <laughs> Um, the, the closest, the
1: close okay. As a kid, I would do it. Like my, we would, my parents would let me stay up until midnight and we would watch the ball drop. Um, actually I remember one year there were, uh, competing broadcasts. One of them was Penn and Teller were broadcasting the ball drop. Uh, and on one network and then there was Dick Clark on the other network. And I really wanted to watch Penn and Teller and, uh, my mom and the rest of my family, they all wanted to watch. I don't know why I separated her. Uh, they all wanted to watch, <laughs> um, the, the Dick Clark broadcast. So I thought I'll go watch in my room for a little while. I'll watch Penn and Teller. And then when it's time for the ball to drop, I will go down with my family and, right. uh, that was the year that when Penn and Teller broadcast, because they're tricksters, they said, we're going to drop the ball one minute early. And, uh, they had the, they had the network set the clock, of course, incorrectly, one minute back, uh, or one minute forward. So they said that they were dropping the ball at 1159. And I thought that was hilarious and also gave me a great opportunity to watch the ball drop with Penn and Teller. And then go downstairs and watch the ball drop one minute later with Dick Clark. And my family looked at me like, are you an idiot? They're not going to drop the ball twice. It's it's all the same coverage. And they were calling for me. They were like, Mark, come downstairs. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to watch Penn and Teller do this pre-ball drop ball drop. Then I'll come down and watch the ball drop with you guys. I may have been the only person in the country who did not realize that was a sort of tongue-in-cheek bit.
0: Um, (laughs) You're the perfect mark for Penn and Teller. Literally a mark. Um, (laughs) You're the guy who walks up to the three-card money table and just immediately says, well, I have to gamble on this.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Which cards the red queen that black one <laughs> um a $100 yeah the uh but the only other the, the closest other time I ever came to I've also worked a lot of new year's eves okay um uh, because I because I worked in uh Disneyland and Universal Studios for a long time so I would work Universal or I would work uh new year's eve a lot um so that was another reason I was kind of always out on new year's um The closest I ever came, I was working, uh, uh, the closest uh, I came as an adult to watching From Home, I was working uh, at New Year's Eve in Club 33 at Disneyland, uh, doing a murder mystery dinner show. And uh, it was me and it was Matt Gourley and um, Jeremy Carter from Super Ego and Mark McConville and some other really great uh, old Disney buddies of mine way back in the day. And, um, we worked this, this show and Gail Brennan, of course, who was my wife at Universal for a long time and very dear friends. It was a really great group of friends to be with working this job. Right. And we all finished work at about 11 o'clock and we raced to, uh, Matt's house, grabbed a couple of bottles of champagne, raced to Matt's house to watch the ball drop. And that's the closest I've come as an adult to, um, having a, an at home, new year's eve then after the ball dropped um jeremy carter kissed me on the lips and we all watched zardoz (laughs) yeah he was jeremy was my new year's kiss because that's the thing you have to kiss someone on new year's eve (laughs) jeremy was like pucker up buckaroo landed one right on me of course he did of course he did um. Now, so that was, that was, that was a fantastic New Year's Eve. I was going to say, I really liked, I really liked that vibe of just a few really close people around me, um, and enjoying a moment of the turning over of the new year. That said, I am a hundred percent in favor of going out on New Year's Eve. Obviously,
0: so uh, just tell me. I want to hear your best. Is that your best New Year's Eve? That one. Club 33? Uh that was that was my best mellow New Year's Eve. Okay. What was your I want to hear your absolute best New Year's Eve and your absolute worst New Year's Eve.
1: I think my absolute worst New Year's Eve was that Penn and Teller New Year's Eve. Okay. Um, <laughs> because I remember even as a kid going, man, I got had. And by getting had <laughs> by Penn and Teller, I have disappointed my family. Penn and Teller led me to disappoint my family. I believed them. Wow. Shame on you, Penn and Teller. Boy, um, this was funny, but it, it
0: just became like therapy fuel.
1: Yeah, I've never told that story before. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. Uh So <laughs> my absolute best New Year's Eve was 1999 going into 2000. Uh, I spent it in Times Square watching the ball drop. And I was with uh, uh, one of the guests on the show, Perang, Parang, uh, along with uh, my old podcast partner, Robert Cannon, um, and uh, a couple other buddies of ours. And we got there at about noon and we were put into a pen and they had these, you know, they would have, they would, when you have a big crowded street thing like that in New York, they, they sort of make a big grid out of metal pens uh-huh. and they put you in one of these pens and you're there all day. You can go in and out to, uh, they have porta potties everywhere. You can go in and out to do that or to go get food or whatever and come back. Once you're in your pen though, that is your pen. And, uh, so I was in, I was in this particular pen. Each pen is assigned a cop and our cop was very cool. Uh, he did not seem to mind the little old grannies who brought joints with them, uh, in their purse. What? Uh, one of whom, by the way, was my midnight kiss that year was one of those little old grannies. Okay. Um and we had a uh this big Bahamian dude. Okay. So this large Bahamian man brought um brought this Bahamian rum with him in a bag and bottles in a bag, not just rum in a bag. Okay. Um and he, uh, and he gave it to us and, uh, the little old ladies shared their joints with us and we had a great big party and everyone was reveling, uh, every hour they would play, uh, they would do a countdown every hour for each time zone that it was becoming Y2K. And, uh, then when it was our turn, they dropped the ball and everyone went insane. And my friend Robert stripped down completely naked. And unfurled a, a bed sheet on which he had written, we made it, Y2K, and handed the corners of it to all the revelers around us. So we held this big bed sheet overhead. Um, and we got, there was an aerial photograph taken of it that wound up in a newspaper. And then uh because he was now naked, he used that sheet to wrap himself up. And then he was at his one-man toga party in the middle of Times Square. Uh And yeah, and that was when I got my first tattoo.
0: Okay, so let me recap this. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff going on in that. Your best New Year's Eve uh, yep. began in the afternoon getting into a small Times Square prison, resided over by a decent <laughs> guard, and then a giant dude smuggled in booze, and you kissed a high grandma repeatedly, after which you got a tattoo. Yeah.
1: Yeah, don't forget that my buddy got naked and held up a giant sheet uh, over a crowd like we were playing that parachute game in elementary school.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, believe me, I didn't forget. And I certainly don't forget being a child and everybody stripping down and, and making a bunch of balls bounce up and down on a giant parachute. So yeah. Wait, right. you guys
1: stripped down for that? I think your teacher needs to be examined.
0: Well, I just assume that that's what we all did. That That part didn't oh, seem no. weird to me. By the way, that teachers in jail now. Okay. Uh, of course. I will tell you all about my best and worst New Year's Eve. When we come back. Oh, I'm back, sorry I didn't ask. How rude of me. That's fine. I'm used to this rudeness from you by now. Uh so let's listen
1: to some commercials. Fine. Following the news is hard and it sucks. How do you know which stories are important? Which sources do you trust in this post-truth world of reactionary journalism? I'm Brett Black. And I'm Travis McElroy. And we host a podcast called Trends Like These. We cover trending news stories. We debunk misleading clickbait headlines. And we always try to throw in a little bit of good news. In our quest for truth! So join us every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. Jumpstart your creativity at MaxFunCon 2017. Surround yourself with beautiful nature, brilliant artists, hilarious comedians, and of course, some of your favorite MaxFun podcasts. Whether you join us in Lake Arrowhead in June for Max MaxFunCon, or in the Poconos in September for Max FunCon East, you'll leave inspired and with a bunch of new friends. MaxFunCon.com has all of the details. Buy your tickets before they're gone.
0: Now that is much better. I enjoyed those commercials a great deal and I feel calm and I'm going to tell you about my New Year's Eves.
1: Please okay. tell me your best, uh, tell me your best at
0: home New Year's Eve first. Um, I-, I can't remember what year it was, but it's, it has to be one in the last, uh, 11 years, almost 12 years now since I've known Jennifer where we just stayed in, we made food. Uh, by ourselves we sat felt no pressure to either watch the ball drop or not watch the ball drop we may have been asleep before midnight <laughs> i don't mm-hmm. remember um but it was just nice it was just nice to have a pleasant evening together there were some fireworks uh w- which uh, from where we live now we could actually see out the window so
1: oh that's nice yeah, over the water
0: yeah uh, uh yeah over the water uh it was just a really pleasant evening um, okay and that—that and uh, that
1: was a of, like, how that was a that was a great story. Yes. Um. How about a more exciting story?
0: Oh yeah, sure. One time, a bunch of grannies who were high on angel dust dragged me <laughs> through a field of broken glass, while a guy from Fiji threw uh these little stubby bottles of red stripe at my head. Uh, and then I was put in a small prison on Wilshire Boulevard and got to watch John Mellencamp play Jack and Diane as the ball dropped 19 times around the world. Uh, and I also got a tattoo, but it's more of a scar from all the cuts from that broken glass. Is that exciting enough for you?
1: Sounds pretty awesome, pal. So people of the world. Nope. Hold on.
0: So I told you my best. Uh, one of my best New Year's Eve. I mean, I've had New Year's um. Eves going out that are great too. I have a group of friends back in Philadelphia who are like my brothers and sisters that I've known. We've all known each other. The one I've known the least amount of time, um I I've known for geez, twenty-five years, twenty-six years. Mm-hmm. And we would all spend New Year's Eve together. And so it was always great to to hang out with them, and it didn't matter what we were doing. It mattered that we were doing it together. And really, that I I know no matter what we decide, that's going to be the thing: is to to be with people who you care about. That's what's going to make it the Absolutely. most special. So that yeah. is why my worst New Year's Eve was your best New Year's Eve. It was 1999 really? to 2000. Yes, my I uh everybody was gone somewhere or the other. I was already out of college at this point, and. My parents had gone somewhere to celebrate, but I had to work the next day. I was in—I was an apprentice at the Arden Theater on 2nd Street in Old yeah, City, but Philadelphia. What time did you have to work the next day? I had to be at work, I want to say, at 8 or 9. That's fine. So uh, what I did was I went down into our basement at the time. We lived in a split-level home, not, not the one you've been to. Right. Which has
1: the world's greatest basement.
0: It's the world great. This one is not the world's greatest basement. It had a TV that I watched some movies on. I don't even think I, maybe I watched the ball drop by myself. I pulled out, I opened up the this end up sofa bed we had, which if you don't know this end up, it's like, uh, somebody made furniture out of crates. (laughs) And so this wasn't like the (laughs) traditional pull out bed. It was like, it just opened out like a futon. So you're essentially laying on the floor on a pad and I it. Oh there.
1: yes, we had we had a a inappropriate for this show name for one of those.
0: Oh, I assume it uses the f-word. So thank you yeah. for not saying it. And it has the word yep. pad in it.
1: Nope, it just it's it's
0: a flip end. Okay. Yep. I've heard that before. But this was a couch mm-hmm. that that pulled out. So it, it pulled out into a into a, a flip end. You know what? So right. I sat by myself, watching the the ball. I think I did watch the ball drop. Watch the ball drop. Mm-hmm. I actually looked around the empty room I was in, said, "Well, I guess it's time to go to sleep," and I laid down. Did
1: you say it out loud to yourself?
0: I think I did.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Uh, we had we had dogs at the time. My parents had taken the dogs with them, so I didn't even have an animal around. Hmm and that but that's the thing that made it so terrible It wasn't that i had to work the next day it was that i was all by myself and you know turning yeah. to from 1999 to 2000 was a huge deal for a Funny, number of both
1: of us both of us had uh had as our worst one
0: us seeing it happen by ourselves that is true yeah so at home that yeah that is something we have in common but i have i've spent a lot you know now that i'm thinking through it We probably go out more than we stay in. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: I've been to, you know, we've gone to a friend's house, uh, friends of ours who live nearby that we like to hang out with a lot that we play games with and watch movies and we can just go to their house and relax and it's nearby. You know, what we like about it is it combines the, we get to go see a bunch of friends and spend time with them. Right. And that's combined with we're 15 minutes from home.
1: But that still that still counts in going out, yes, and yes, I does. think that I think that going out, unless you live with your significant other, um, the the way that you are more likely than not to wind up spending this moment, uh, with people that you care about is if you go out. The, the, it, this is and scary. we've determined that that is one of the most important things about this. I don't, I don't, I mean, yes, the, there are downsides to going out. It's, there's everyone in the world is out. The traffic can be annoying. Um, the, it, it's usually cold if you're doing an outdoor event, but you know right. what? Suck it up, buckaroo. It happens once a year that the entire world throws a party. That doesn't happen often. It happens one night a year that the entire world throws a party. So, and I understand social anxiety and people that get that. And I, I feel for you. If you want to stay home, stay home. That's fine. But, um, maybe, and maybe this is my FOMO talking, but if the world is throwing a party, I'm going to go. Do you get FOMO? A little bit. Yeah. Not, not debilitating FOMO, but yeah, of course. You know that about me. That's true. I have seen you get – I've seen you get FOMO
0: and get mad. Yeah. Mad. Oh, yeah. The, the kind of mad where I was like, oh, I don't know how to – I don't know if I know how to calm him down.
1: And you were mad – I know the night you're talking about. And you were yeah. mad uh for uh the time you had wasted. And <laughs> I just
0: wanted to go to sleep, too.
1: And I was mad for the time that we had spent trying to get, we were trying to get into a party. Yes. Um, at Comic Con. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and that we were, oh, oh don't get me started. That yeah. we were on a list. For, oh, you know what? I'm not, don't, I'm so mad right now.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So I don't get like debilitating FOMO, but, uh, yeah, if there's something big and cool that I want to be a part of, it
0: bothers me when I don't get to be. Do you ever find that when you go to a party and you go out that you're disappointed? Is it, is it all, do you always go like, this is the best time ever? You know, like I'm having such a great time right now. And I I bring that up because I like, I want to talk to, talk to a couple of the drawbacks of going out. Because mm-hmm. there is that thing of staying in is great, but you are isolating yourself. And like you say, this is a party that is happening around the mm-hmm. world. So it right. feels odd to shut yourself out from that unless you just don't care. We're assuming for the purposes of this debate that you care about how you spend your New Year's Eve one way or the other. Some people right. just don't care. It's just another day. But for all the people who do care, it is a curious decision to say, I don't want to be around anybody else. I just want to be around one person or two people. Um, I, I get that as an alter, you know, for us, when we stayed in and had a great time together, it was an alternate choice. It was this year, we just don't feel like going out because there is a hassle to that. There is Mm -hmm. a, is this a dress up party? Do I need to bring something? Uh, do we know what kind of food is going to be there? If not, do we need to pre-game it and eat? or if you drink, I guess I just you know? I just
1: expect that I'm going to go out on New Year's Eve so I'm prepared for it. Okay. It's never a surprise to me that there's a party that night. You know what I mean? It's not well, like, sure. oh, I don't feel like going out. No, I usually feel like going out because I've prepped myself that I will be. And I'll say I don't think barring any like events that happen at a party, um, because, I mean, everybody's had a party that they've gone to that something has happened that they regret. I've never regretted the act of going to a party. Like, I've never the next day had a hangover that was so bad that it was that I regretted
0: going to a party. Did you just say, though, that you always wind up regretting something at a party you go to? No,
1: no, I'm, <laughs> no, I said there have been occasions in the past where something has happened oh, at see. a party that I regret.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Um, but the, I've never, like, going to a party has never been a regret.
0: Okay. Uh, well, I, I feel like we've, I, is there, is there anything we're leaving out of this?
1: Um, I mean, I've got a, a dozen stories of New Year's Eve and I think that is, another part of it, that may be another element that is uh, in the plus side uh, for going to parties is live. So you have good stories to tell your grandkids. And a lot of times I wind up with good stories from New Year's Eve parties.
0: Right? Yeah. I, I never know. think about that. I always think of uh, the reason why I go out, I guess is because either uh, we find out a bunch of our friends are getting together, like uh, last year. For New Year's Eve, I did a show with Joseph Scrimshaw. We did a live show together and then mm-hmm. afterwards, uh, we went, uh, over to a friend's house who was having a little get together and, and we hung out there and it was great. It was really, really nice to get to see a bunch of people that we don't hang out with, uh, as much just because geographically we're further apart. Um, and that was really nice. It was a really nice thing to do. I think yeah, if we had just cause you went out. Yeah. And, and we were on stage for the actual. Uh, countdown to no. We actually counted down to eight to like eight thirty because we we did the show early so people could go to whatever plans they had afterwards. Nice. But we were all together. I, I believe when the clock uh hit midnight and we were into at the time 2016. So it was nice to be there with mm-hmm. a group of people for that. I. It, but it keeps tugging at me like I do. As much as I enjoy all those varied plans I've had, there there is something about me that appreciates being at home too. And and as fun as as much fun as I have at a party, I do look forward to having some time. At, like I don't like going out to a party than coming home and just going to bed on New right. Year's Eve in particular. Mm-hmm. That I like. I well, want to come home and have a little time and, and like process the fact that we're in a new year. Does that make sense? Okay
1: yeah that absolutely makes sense um so if you if you need that moment of like if the actual moment of midnight for you is a self-reflective moment or if you could save that i i guess for me it's for there to be a moment one moment a year when the world cheers um i feel like i can i feel like i can save my self-reflective moments for either before or after that. I will have plenty of quiet nights at home. Right.
0: That's you true. Know? So, uh, do, do we ready? Are we ready to make a decision here? I was born ready. Can we do this? Yes.
1: 10, 9, 8, 7,
0: 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. People of the world, happy new year. Me. Does that sound like a noisemaker? Did to me. When you celebrate New Year's Eve, it's a special night. Like Mark said, it's a party that's happening all over the world. For one night, we put everything aside. And and for for an hour maybe, we're all together in celebrating the coming of a new year. Because a new year represents hope. It means putting beside and putting behind us the things that were difficult, the trials that we had in the year that just was. And for a moment, we're surrounded by hope, the hope for what a new year can bring and what it can be. And in a moment like that, isn't it best to share it With a large group of people. And to be together in that hope. We spend so much time in each other's company being frustrated or sad or angry at the things that are happening in our lives. And for a brief moment, we're all together in hope. And that is why you need to take your pajamas off and go out for New Year's Eve. Asked and answered. Happy New Year, Hal. Happy New Year to you, buddy. Happy New Year, Ken Plume. That's right. You old Ken and Plume. Happy New Year. (laughs) Well, that does it for this topic. But there's so many other topics. We've got a whole year. We've got 52 more topics coming up in 2017 that we're going to solve for you. But we're going to need your help to solve them. We need suggestions for these topics. Please reach out to us on Twitter at WeGotThisTweets or check out the Maximum Fun subreddit. A Flame War is probably happening right now, you guys. That's right. And you can go to Facebook.com forward slash WeGotThisPodcast or you can send us an email at WeGotThisPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to producer and suggester Ken Plume. Thank you to graphic designer Uri Kelman, researcher Kate McManus, and QA engineer Jen Alba.
1: Thank you, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, our listeners. Should old acquaintance be forgot, you will not be forgot. You are our oldest acquaintances and our dearest friends. And we thank you for listening to the show. Please keep listening. We'll keep making episodes. Uh For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi.
0: And for Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everybody. We got Got this. this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
1: Listener supported.